Hello, everyone. Welcome back to The Naturalist Capitalist and to, I think this is the fourth installment of Capitalist Communion, where two atheists and two Christian libertarians argue uh, respectfully. I guess that's the, the reputation we've gained at this point, at least, that we can disagree and not hate each other, which is a novel idea these days. Uh, before we get into our conversation, though, I want to start reminding everyone at the beginning of these videos, if you're watching this live on YouTube, um, in the next couple days, I will have this up on Odyssey in video format, and then I will also have it on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and a few other audio platforms if you would prefer to listen and not eat up so much data or whatever. So please go follow me on uh, those platforms. They're linked in the description. Also follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, also linked in the description. And I will be having a website coming out soon. But for now, if you want to support me, please support me on Patreon. That is also linked into the description. Everything helps. I am going to be transitioning from full-time truck driving to getting more serious about this podcast and just trucking part-time. Uh, so all the support you guys can give me helps. But anyway, um, we didn't do capitalist communion in January. Unfortunately, the schedules just didn't align. But a lot has happened in the last couple of weeks that is very relevant to the type of stuff we talk about. So we got the whole crew here again. Will Bell, Liam McCollum and Jacob Daniel or Jacob Winograd or whatever the fuck his name is. How are you guys doing tonight? Doing good, man. How about you, Seth? Good. Jacob, you're uh, you're muted. Just letting you know. Oh, sorry. I thought I thought that I wasn't supposed to talk for this. No, I thought I thought and I thought we established my name was Jake was a uh, Daniel. I'm not even Jacob Daniel anymore. It's just it's just Daniel. <laughs> just Daniel. Well, yeah. Just make up your mind, whatever it is, so we can we can tell tell Liberty Twitter to make up their mind. They can't figure out what the fuck to call me. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, but it's been um, a crazy couple weeks as far as the the type of shit we talk about on this podcast. We mostly, just in case new subscribers don't know, we typically talk about religion and lack of religion and faith and all that as it mixes in with uh, the libertarian movement, the libertarian party, libertarian philosophy in general. Um, but uh, let me just start with this. We'll, we'll go around. What do you, do you guys think uh, Satanists should have first amendment rights? We'll, we'll start with you, Will. What do you think? Absolutely. And I think if you buck on that in the slightest, you should put in your libertarian card. You are not a real libertarian. And I know most of the people that uh, are spouting off about that on Twitter don't care, but it's really like we should accept that, that they are not real libertarians if they can't come across and accept free speech for what it is. What do you think, Liam? Yeah, I, I completely agree. And I think the hardest part about this conversation, especially coming from a Christian perspective, is like, how would you even define what Satanism is and where would you draw that line? Like, I mean, if you are a Christian, you kind of believe that all sin comes from Satan and like you're included in that. So I don't, I, I don't really know where you would draw the line. Would it be people who are overtly worshiping Satan? Would, I mean, I, I think that we all have our own gods if, if you do believe in, in Christianity. So I, I just don't know where you would draw that line and it would be extremely risky especially considering you know i think it was uh in romans it says like be careful if you judge because you do the same things um 
so it's it's I don't know. This is very scary territory when you start to um, try to get the law involved in speech because speech isn't very good at like I, I mean law isn't very good at making distinctions between like reasonable actions and not it's very rigid what do you think there daniel um <laughs> uh satanists don't even have rights let alone the right to free speech i mean no. <laughs> um that's communists i think right no, <laughs> um same thing no nope. <laughs> um yeah i mean i think top lobster actually said it best which is that censorship is really a trap um you know what i mean like even if you could try to you know do all the mental gymnastics to make some sort of libertarian ethical justification for it which i don't think you can and i think you know liam did a good job of, of demonstrating that i think even just if you're looking at it from a strict pragmatic consequentialist uh just like a, a you know just what are the going to be the effects of trying to do so it's it's not going to produce the outcome you want anyway you're just going to create a black market of those things which tend to increase the things you're trying to ban rather than decrease them so i think that whether you're talking about libertarian uh libertarianism ontologically or or libertarianism from a more uh pragmatic standpoint it's just bad all around yeah um I agree with both of those points <laughs> because I mean, it's kind of like the homeless thing that just spiked up out of nowhere. Um, no one was ever talking about homelessness at all until it became a conversation. And then suddenly everyone had these really strong opinions about what needs to be done. And it was sort of similar with this. I was like, since when are Satanists taking over the country? Like when I even put a poll out, like what's a bigger threat to the United States, Satanism or Zionism. And there were some funny jokes, like, is there really a difference or whatever? Yeah. Um, but I actually wasn't that familiar with Satanism, to be honest. I didn't know anything about it. It's and mostly I looked, just edgy atheists. Well, it's not even what? really <laughs> that. I looked this up and I'll pull it up on the screen here. But, uh, whoa, I'm not interested in learning more about the Satanic Temple. But these are the seven... Um, fundamental tenets of uh, Satanism. One should strive to act with compassion and empathy toward all creatures in accordance with reason. Uh, number two is the struggle for justice is ongoing and a necessary pursuit that should be that should prevail over laws and institutions. Number three is one's body uh, is inviolable, in, subject to one's own will alone. The freedoms of others should be respected, including the freedom to offend, to willfully and unjustly encroach upon the freedoms of another is to uh, forego one's own. Beliefs should conform to one's best scientific understanding of the world. One should take care never to distort scientific facts to fit one's beliefs. People are fallible. If one makes a mistake, one should do one's best to rectify it and resolve any harm that might have been caused. And number seven is every tenet is a guiding principle designed to inspire nobility in action and thought. The spirit of compassion, wisdom, and justice should always prevail over the written or spoken word. So I'm interested to hear everybody's thoughts on that, but 
I tend to think that there's actually nothing explicitly bad in there. There are some things that could probably be weaponized in a bad way. I would say the same about the Bible, though. But um, <laughs> I was literally just about to chime in with that. The, the <laughs> yeah. good idea, the Bible's never been weaponized. Yeah, but um, I don't know. What do you guys? What do you guys think of that? I'll start with you, Will. I've always been friendly to the. Uh, not always. Just since I've like kind of looked into it years ago, I've always kind of been friendly to this idea that this is a more moral set than uh, the Ten Commandments. But to con to just uh, explain why it's just because it's a modern modern day like group of people trying to trying to like summarize some sort of morality, just like we do with like outside of libertarianism, like in our own like secular discussions of like trying to set up like a moral guideline uh, outside of like you know, the Abrahamic rules, like this is a, a much more modern way of setting up like some kind of code to live by. Um, I, I don't know. I think it's the perfect troll towards Christians because when you like set the two beside each other, you can sit there and kind of like, like which one's better uh, not to, you know, be too much of an edgelord atheist, but I, I I just am always thoroughly tickled when I see them in the news, like when they're putting the uh, the statues of Satan in the city hall and stuff like this. Brings very important conversations that our society has to have about secularism. This and what, is a great comment. I had to throw it up there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Yeah, <laughs> but uh. Yeah, man, it's just I look at them as like champions of free speech I, I, because I look at our society as like mainly Christians of all different levels that are like looking at this. And this is almost like the ultimate taboo is uh, playing with satanic imagery and stuff. Um, I don't know. What, what do you guys does? Does the blasphemy behind it hurt y'all as much as I think it does or, or, or what? I mean, I, I, honestly, I was more triggered by the things you said than by reading the 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 seven <laughs> points of of Satanism. To be honest, um, but fully I mean, intentional. yeah, fully <laughs> intentional. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I can nitpick at it for sure, but it's you know, I don't know. I, part of this is like I, I really agree with what Liam said, which is like it's just to me, it's like I, I think not even just to me. I think a consistent christian position would basically be like if somebody isn't christian then who are they following so basically if you're a christian you kind of think that the entire world is to maybe varying degrees followers of satan so it's kind of like if we're going to ban satanism i don't know where that even ends and to be offended or triggered by satanism would just basically be like it would it would almost be like i i'd, I'd have to be I'd have to have a really big ego to do that because I would have to basically throw out the parts of Christianity that speak to my own fallen sinful nature and my own propensity to fall into idolatry into and 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 if it weren't for the grace of God to to basically be a worshiper and follower of 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 Satan whether that's you know meant in a in, you know explicit way or meant implicitly or or whatever it's to me it's almost 
just distinctions without a difference. It's the same archetype being acted out, you know, either way, uh, as far as that goes. So, um, that, that's, I guess where I, I stand. I thought on. there was one tenant in there. Uh, what number was it? Let's see. Uh, number five beliefs should conform to one's best scientific understanding of the world. One should take care never to distort scientific facts to fit one's beliefs. That's something that I actually completely agree with, but the people who would find this philosophy attractive tend to do the exact opposite of that. I find that kind of funny. I mean, it doesn't seem it when, when science is based on institutional findings that are government backed at this point in a lot of ways and are backed by think tanks and societal reforms of certain, you know, certain leanings, it's very hard to, it's very hard to imagine an, an actual neutral scientific approach to anything anymore. That's what I've realized over the last couple of years. Cause that was something that I really believed in before, but what it's is, become what, pretty obvious that that's I, not possible. I don't even know what science is anymore. Like is science a noun or is it a verb? Cause I always thought that science was a process. You know what I mean? And so, to, so yeah. to say like science says something is to me almost like just grammatically incorrect. It's like, you know, like humans say things and our, our tests, you know, the, the test results will say things, but science is, you know, to me, I've always thought is just more of a, it's a process of, you know, making a hypothesis and testing it and over and over again, trying to see if you can disprove it and, and just right. an, an ongoing seeking of I've... truth. I've always described science as not a way to know truth, but a way to know what's not true. You know, yeah. like science basically just disproves things and never gets you all the way to proving what is real. It just basically disproves all the dumb ideas that you can't, you know, so it gets you close, but everything is still a theory, right? Like even something as simple as gravity uh, is still a theory. You know, if you could disprove, uh, how we have arrived at that conclusion, then that won't be true anymore. That's just how science works. So the idea of like trust the science or the science is settled, you've turned science into a non-scientific process that has become a religion instead, um, which is kind of echoing what you said. I just used a, a Christian term there, echoing what you said. So Yeah, yeah, 100% on that. It's like science works best when scientists are trying to disprove each other. That's the only way we get to what is as close to truth as we can decipher. Right. Which is why I've always been bothered by the climate debate, not to go on too much of a tangent, but when they go like 99% of climate scientists agree, I'm like, what other field do 99% of people agree on anything? Like that just smells like fucking bullshit from the very get go. Yeah. Yeah. What, what's weird about the, like the tenants that they had listed there is that nothing seems, I mean, there, there are a few things that I could actually nitpick, but that, tenant specifically didn't seem to be like counter to christianity in any sense and like at least in the way that i think christians are stand satanism like satanism proper it's like it, it it would seem that the the tenants aren't even really satanist um there are elements of it like i think that the um there were elements of like selfishness again. yeah i can let me read that really quick. Well, I think yeah, I, I actually made this. I was arguing with Tho Bishop on Twitter about this. 
I was saying that there's nothing explicitly unchristian in here. I think the or only not, thing in here, like, number three is a bit of a gray area. If it's if it it's not explicitly unchristian, but it, it it's a little in conflict because one could make the argument depending on there's different you know depending on your theological bend within Christendom, you know some people would have issue with the idea that your will is you know completely subject to you because you know i i would even say that there's a degree to which god has you know a, a, you know a degree of control over everything including our own actions you know, there's debate to what degree that will is and how you know how, how much that influence over our will and and control over it is you know maybe some atheists would find that to be troubling from a libertarian perspective but just strictly from a christian one it's it's that one's probably the most open to debate well it's been interesting because i've been seeing uh i'm blocked by what's his name um not cyprian who's the other guy that tags along with cyprian a lot um matt erickson, matt erickson. i'm blocked by him but cyprian and uh some other people have been making a lot of <laughs> you know they're almost like atheist arguments atheist libertarian arguments against christianity it's been interesting to watch they're like saying Christian, uh, libertarianism is evil because it focuses on the individual instead of on God. And that's a lie. And though Bishop was even saying some of that in an argument we were having on Twitter, we had a great video discussion, but then our uh, Twitter discussion, I think, was a downgrade from that, where we were arguing about individualism and whether or not liberty was enough on its own. And he was saying that, um, you know, the the submission to a higher power is actually completely necessary which is where a lot of atheist libertarians would argue that christianity isn't compatible with libertarianism i think it is personally like i, I know enough people who have justified it but to say like number three in these tenets doesn't align with libertarianism to me is the same as saying like property rights don't align with libertarianism oh, it, it definitely because... aligns with libertarianism it, it just might not align with with uh with christian it uh, might that's be what, sorry yeah. i meant with uh, yeah. christianity to say it doesn't align with christianity is like saying um property rights don't align with christianity or self-ownership doesn't align with christianity it, 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 it might be one of those things where it's it's it, it can be it, it's an error of omission but i can't talk god it's an error of omission maybe is what i would say it's not so much wrong because anything that's stated there is incorrect but it can be maybe challenged because it's like an incomplete picture of what christianity would say is true because i think there is a christian case for self-ownership and property rights but it's it's a little it, it, to just state that by itself from from a pure christian perspective is is incomplete i think yeah the way the way that i saw the third tenet and and that's what i was looking for that the only thing that really kind of stood out to me is like more of like the do you guys know who alistair crowley is um, do what that, yeah, do what that wilt. It's more of like a, like, because uh, I guess the way that I see libertarianism and the way that I come at libertarianism is not so much through an individualistic one, like necessarily individualistic one. I think that you you can come at it in various ways, and there is one way in which you come at it through like kind of like this atomistic Ayn Rand individualism, maybe even like a um, libertine type way, like the Aleister Crowley type angle. 
But I think there's also another way. I um, I did a podcast with my friend Ethan Holmes. Everyone should follow him on Twitter at the underscore posts. And we were talking about kind of this altruistic libertarianism where it starts with more of like a Christian principle of loving your neighbor as yourself and, and um, loving God above all things. And then from there, you kind of get principles like the non-aggression principle. It's kind of like the reason I'm against the war in Yemen. I, I could argue that the reason I'm against the war in Yemen is because they're using my tax dollars and they're devaluing my dollar. But another, I mean, the real reason that I'm opposed to the war in Yemen is because they're killing children and they're killing people. So it's like, I, I could approach libertarianism in a very selfish way, which I think is kind of more like the do what thou wilt perspective, but I approach it more through a Christian selfless way, I guess. Well, it's kind of, uh, this reminds me of the co last conversation I had with Will's favorite person, Andrew from Popular Liberty. Um, <laughs> we, he, he said that like libertarianism and Christianity are like one of their they they share a core tenet but stated in completely opposite ways because christianity is due unto others as you would have them do unto you but libertarianism is like almost the like the inverse of that which is like don't do unto others what you would have them not do unto you um which is which i thought was a, a kind of a good way to look at it and it's sort of like you know so what's stated in libertarianism is stated in what's christianity but christianity goes a bit beyond that because it's not just about what you shouldn't do to your neighbor but it's also about what you should do and while i i would think it's wrong to insist that the things that god tells us to do when we love our neighbor should be you know implemented as some sort of law that we would coerce people into doing because i think that is self-contradictory i do think that the christian worldview does have something that i mean it's not exactly like a positive right but it's like you have positive moral duties and obligations onto your neighbor and stuff and you, you kind of like would think wasn't it james or, or somebody it was like you know you kind of are your brother's keeper whereas libertarianism would say like well you're really not your brother's keeper just don't aggress against him yeah i've made this point before that libertarianism is not a moral framework for being a great person it's just basically how to not be a shitty person um, <laughs> or not even not to be a shitty person, just to not be an aggressive person. You could have a starving man, you know, or who, who's on the verge of death, crawl up to your doorstep and beg you for a loaf of bread. And you could have tons of groceries more than you need. And you could still say like, fuck you, get off my property and slam the door in his face. And you haven't done, you haven't aggressed against him technically, you know, you haven't, violated any of his rights he's on your property you don't owe him anything so you, you were a very shitty person to do that but you didn't do anything necessarily aggressive so people who look for the fullness of morality in a non the non-aggression principle it's like trying to be a christian and it, it's like trying to embrace the fullness of christianity by not stealing and not killing and not worshiping false gods and not like trying to, you know, um, emulate the fruits of the spirit or trying to live by Christ's example or whatever. It's just like an empty way to live. If that's the entirety of your framework for living a happy life, I guess. Now that's just like, that's part of what like we just have to, we, I think we all accept it, but 
libertarianism is just that it's we it's just an absence of aggression on people it's us trying to dismantle the state we're never gonna agree what perfect morality is like i i mean it's just we're all coming at this from different perspectives but we can all agree on libertarian ideals and i think us the people that are trying to like influence libertarianism with a certain religious view or a certain like maybe a social justice view or any of these kind of things where we have to like we all have to agree what morality is whether it's saying the n-word or saying you know praise god all this kind of stuff um we, we're gonna have to like let all that shit lie and focus on hating the state focus on you know legalizing marijuana ending the drug or ending the terror wars all this kind of stuff ending the bombings in yemen whether it's because we care about our our money or care about the lives of all these children that our money's being used to kill um yeah no i think this this comes to like a really like an observation i've made over the past like month month and a half so I had a really awkward and it was like, it was both illuminating, but also equally confounding conversation like two or three months ago with uh, Adam Patrick, I think his name is. Um, And that conversation was, it was only like an hour long, but somehow that then like that conversation became a topic, a conversation in all the post libertarian podcasts, like uh, Matt Erickson and Adam talked about it, and then Matt talked about it with James Gentleman. And like they all kept talking about this conversation that I that I had with Adam, which I did not expect that to be something that they would care about so much. But they they were viewing it as like this is the problem with libertarians, is that like they because they they thought they caught me in something that was exposing me as a bad Christian, is basically how I was interpreting their response to that conversation. Cause Adam was asking me, like, well, what what is missing from the Bible that you think that you need to add libertarianism to it? And I was like, well, I don't think I need to add libertarianism to the Bible. I just think that libertarianism is, is essentially taught in the Bible. And the problem is like, as much as, you know, as a Christian, I want to see people saved and I want to bring people to Christ. I want to see the gospel impact their life. I also recognize that like, A, not everybody is going to be a Christian and B, I have to interact with those people. And if all I ever do is preach at them and try to shove the Bible down their throats, then that cuts off my ability to do anything else with them, which it impacts. I mean, for, for I mean, for one, it impacts my ability to continue to be a witness, uh, you know, to them and, and to have better opportunities down the road to talk about religion and faith and, and things like that. But B, then it's like, you know, I'm 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 restricting my ability to just operate in the world because, you know, I'm just I'm just like it, it's I'm going to be the angry atheist equivalent of a Christian. You know what I mean? And, and nobody really wants to be around those people. So what I told them was my you know, one of my my missions here is that like although Christianity is like my my highest like, you know, plank I guess in terms of the way that I operate in the world, libertarianism is is right after that and i view it as very important because we need to have a framework for how to operate in society with people who aren't christians if we don't want there to be constant war and conflict and 
this is something that the Bible tells us to do. It says in Romans 12, to insofar as it depends on you, live at peace with all of those around you. And even, even to the extent of loving your enemies and blessing those who persecute you. It's like, so if I'm going to do that, then I need to foster some sort of, you know, legal order that allows that to exist because the Bible is pretty clear that those who don't have the same beliefs as, as us will always exist. And this sort of, you know, I think this is the problem with why there are some people who are going out who are just like going crazy autistic about wanting to ban Satanism because it's like to them, it's like they, I think, are denying what the Bible says. It's like they think that the goal is to eliminate Satanism and to eliminate degeneracy. Like that's what they think that they're supposed to do as Christians. And it, it, it's like, and it's not even that I disagree with them, but like, I think the problem is they're they're operating in this like insane high time preference fashion where they're like they're they're confusing means and ends and not realizing how using unchristian means will ultimately lead to unchristian ends. Like the way that a Christian What are you is, just principled or something, Jacob? That's supposed to be the, <laughs> the, the I, I know. throwback. Right. Like, uh yes, I am correct. That, that is correct. I'm sorry, I know <laughs> I know and I'm not I'm sorry, I know I'm going on a rant there, but like the point I'm trying to hone in on is that like these people like they care more uh, like, they think they care more about being Christian than I do. But I think the problem is that they are they are they are ignoring this one crucial part of of you know like this is like orthodox christianity like this is not something that you know some christians embrace and some don't like you know what i mean like loving your neighbor and loving uh being trying to live at peace with all i mean jesus said blessed are the peacemakers like so that's what we should be trying to do and if you think like if you're going to ban satanism you are just creating an atmosphere where you basically say like evangelism is dead and we are now islam and you are going to join the church by conquest and by the sword, or you're going to be driven out of society. It's like, and that, that to me, that just couldn't be more contrary to the message that Jesus taught. I, I think you, you just like the mention of high time preference right there. A lot of the people who are kind of in this post libertarian or whatever they want to call themselves, like that, that camp, they, their critique of, high time preference is really interesting because it it doesn't acknowledge um the lower high time preference of how you address those people those degenerate people um as they would call them um and and the funny thing just a little a little aside is that i don't think and and maybe i'm wrong about this i don't think austrian economics actually makes like a critique of either low time preference or high time preference that's just something that is kind of read into it because high time preference and low time preference are just observations of what happens with interest. And, and that that's really what it is. It's not, it's not like Austrian economics passes judgment on either that comes from outside. It comes from like conservatism or it comes from Christianity. So as a Christian, I actually do um, critique, critique high time preference behavior. Um, but I also think that the way that you handle the high time preference behavior needs to be efficient and it needs to be um i mean you can't you you can't address it by using force i think that using force is actually a high time preference behavior because as we've seen throughout history we've seen prohibition does not actually 
stomp out whatever you're trying to outlaw. I mean, even Christianity spread because it was being, you know, like, like everyone was being persecuted. Right. Um, so, so it's like, I, I think that the, the better way to address degeneracy as they would call it would be to try to command someone's heart through words rather than trying to command someone through force. You mean to do what Jesus did? Exactly. <laughs> what, I, what I find ironic is a lot of these people are more high time preference than I am, where if I were a Christian, I'd be as low time preference as you could get <laughs> because I wouldn't really care that much about this life. Like the only a belief in eternity tends to do that to a per to a person. <laughs> well, you would think it would do that to a person, well, yeah, but it doesn't, think. it doesn't seem to, it seems to do the opposite. Like somehow me caring about, so, I mean, a lot of these people are like saying we need to vote Republican and we need to vote for slightly lesser of two evils because, you know, this is, this is real life. This isn't some theoretical bullshit I'm thinking about. And it's like, well, it's real life to me too, but I'm 27 years old. And I actually want to be involved in creating something good. I don't, you know, I, yeah, Trump might've been a tiny bit better than Biden, but that's not a worthy enough cause for me to invest any time or effort in like Trump still murdered millions of people and spent trillions of dollars and expanded surveillance power and all sorts of horrible shit. Like there's nothing worth jumping on that bandwagon for me. So my lower time preference is I, want to invest in a party or at least people in the Republican party who are worth investing in because I care about what happens in this country. Cause I have to live in it for another 65 years or whatever. And or what, however old I live to. And then, you know, people who are younger than me, they've also got to live in it. And I also care about all the people that are getting, you know, murdered by our state policies. And I care about all the people who are in prison. And it's just weird that a lot of, like this new kind of ultra religious uh, like post libertarian movement or whatever is extremely self-centered and extremely high time preference because in my mind, both of those <laughs> directly conflate the idea of Christianity. Like the, the whole, I mean, I don't think Jesus was very concerned with how persecuted you were. You know, I don't, I don't, I mean, that, that was why a lot of the Jews didn't like him because he wasn't there to get rid of the Romans. You know, it was, it wasn't about getting rid of the Romans. It wasn't, it was about like worrying about your soul and other people's souls and that you're right with God and that you live the way God does, you know, the way Jesus does. And I just, I don't understand that. I, I don't understand where that, why that misses as much as it does, I guess. What do you think, Liam? I want to hear your thoughts on that one. I mean, something that I think is missed about like Christianity and, and the hardest thing about this is I, I really don't know if the, these people are um, Christians or if they just kind of believe in like a presupp presuppositionalism or something where they think that like um, Christianity kind of undergirds all of society and all moral systems. Like, I, I don't I don't know if that's how they're coming at this thing. So it's it's really hard to critique them but if they are coming from more of a, a Christ, christian perspective it's like i mean i think if we just looked at look at who christ was like the fact that we call him a king of all kings and he defied really what it meant to be a king like like throughout history like the fact that he didn't use force what what it really meant was to 
humble himself and and sacrifice himself. I think it also really gets to what it means to be a man. And it's almost like that, like the, the current reaction I think is kind of based out of fear. And that's where the high time preference behavior comes from. It's, it's, it's wanting to respond in kind rather than doing the more though, though it might take longer. I think the more effective thing is to try to convince people through ideas um, through love, through action, um, rather than using force. Because as I mentioned, like Christianity spread because they were persecuted. Um, prohibition does not work. It didn't work with drugs. Um, if you look at Iran, the reason that Islam isn't working there and people are reverting to paganism is because they use force. Like this is just a common theme throughout history. So I, I just don't really know where, where it's coming from. And I also, for people who follow Ron Paul and who got into the movement because of Ron Paul, I think they really do not appreciate the message of like revolution through ideas that what he was saying, really the core of it was a Christian idea that like the more effective way to achieve freedom is to actually convince people that freedom is the right way to get there, not to use force because all revolutions that have used force, they end up, people end up responding with resentment and hatred and they and they reject authority like you actually want to convince people of virtue in order for them to in order for something to take effect so that's my thought yeah i mean i think that a lot of this is not sincere belief it's just utilitarianism you know they think like okay this is a cultural norm that has existed for a long time and we can use it to kind of bring society back to where we want it I don't think that there is a ton of sincere belief going on here. And ironically, that's very Pharisee-like, <laughs> you know, trying to use uh, the church and force and, you know, judgment against people who don't follow the law. There's nothing Christ-like about it. So I just find it all very ironic. But I would say like just like calling for the use of force to spread your religion is almost an omission that you just don't think it'll spread on its own through peaceful means. Yeah. And almost like more <laughs> it's more blasphemous to me than anything I'm saying about the satanic. It means rip. you think it, it means you, you think your ideas are weak. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I and, think and it, go ahead. It really is just a high time preference option. I think that is very myopic and they think that like I mean, this is part of our critique of law is just that like writing something down on paper doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to do anything like like it's not effective at its job. Like like I really do think that kind of this message that comes from Christianity and that, that Ron Paul really showed through his movement is that the best way to achieve um, freedom and, and spreading these ideas, spreading Christianity is through, you know, action, showing people that um, you truly do reflect these ideas and kind of showing them what it really means to be a Christian, what it really means to be um, in favor of peace and in favor of love. And though it might be difficult and though it might take longer, I mean, it'll last longer. It's not as fleeting as it is to, to just force it on people. Well, isn't like to me, the old Testament is just like a, it's like the, the longest uh narrative of like somebody like people trying the same thing over and over again expecting a different result which is like they kept trying 
to use a state and to use conquest and to use coercion to create a more godly society. And it never worked. (laughs) It just kept getting worse and worse and worse. And then like the whole idea behind why I guess I say this a lot on my podcast and it's just, I don't know if I've said it here before it's worth bringing up, but like the whole reason why the Jews rejected Jesus as Messiah. I mean, not the whole reason, but like a a major part of the equation for why they rejected him was because they thought that Jesus was going to be a political Messiah, somebody who came and and would lead them in rebellion against the the Romans and reinstitute the kingdom of Israel. Um, But Jesus said, you know, my kingdom is not of this world. And I came to, we don't, you know, we don't fight against flesh and blood, but we struggle against principalities and the forces of darkness and he was a you know a spiritual messiah that came not to you know not to bring people to god through might and and conquest and coercion but rather through through inspiring people just by living your life as an example of virtue and through the um commitment to truthful speech and that's it. That is what Jesus embodied. And I don't even think you like. You don't have to be a Christian, or like you don't have to. Be, you don't have to be a, you know, like a, a believe in the metaphysical implications of all this to find value just in that archetype and in that story. Where it's like, like Jesus is the archetypical embodiment of the of the logos. And I, I think that that is just something that w- whether you get behind that as being real to you in the way that i think it's real to me or not um i think it's a you know just his example should be something that we can learn from which is that like jesus accomplished what he said to accomplish not you know like the the most force he used was using a whip against some animals and flipping over some temp some some tables in the temple like that's the most violent jesus got (laughs) um other than that he you know and he had the means to be as violent if you believe, you know, if he was who he said he was, he had the means to, 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 to really be as violent as he, you know, could have been in both yeah. the protection of his own life or in trying to correct injustices. But he, he really modeled that. Uh, I think the, the, the kind of like, again, it's like as libertarians, I would hope that even if that my non-Christian libertarians <clears throat> could, could, could find some wisdom and some value in just, that sort of example that that jesus gave us one day we're gonna have to go down that whole gnostic rabbit hole the gnostic christianity rabbit hole Uh, i mean it's like you you, i I think i think you don't like the blasphemy behind it but but i don't like the blasphemy behind it no but i i like a lot but this is why i like about jordan peterson and i i I do like the the practice of finding psychological and archetypical truths within the bible i just think that it doesn't end there i didn't even know peterson got into that does he oh you should dude he has like these long like several hour biblical lectures on genesis and exodus that are just i mean insane um again i got got into gnostic just learning about that from duncan trussell do y'all know who duncan trussell is the comedian He's the super hippie best friend of Joe Rogan, and and he's he's one that'll he's influenced my spiritual uh, <laughs> evolution for sure. By the way, 
can I get can I just do a, a shout out to H. Reardon who always manages to be the the stereotypical atheist bringing up yeah I was in the comments actually, like the, like the whole oh but you know the Bible talked about slavery <laughs> I was actually going to bring him up because I was going to say by the way Reardon I do appreciate that you watch like pretty much every live stream I do that's great well, he watches all but, my stuff too so I mean he's yeah. he's a, so I, 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 I do like appreciate him, but. that but. There are not a lot of people like him. He's one of the only autistically annoying atheists that I know. Like, I'm, I'm going to be completely honest about this. Like, there is an extreme prejudice against atheists, and I'm tired of pretending there isn't in the libertarian movement and in, like, the conservative movement. Um, and I think this was really magnified with James Lindsay a few weeks ago. Because talk about a guy who's not a Reddit atheist. Like that guy came on my show and talked for two hours. And the first like half hour was just us shitting on the new atheist movement for bringing so much woke bullshit into it. And, you know, trying to make atheism into a religion. And then we talked about, you know, how much truth there is in the Bible, as far as the message goes and how much value you can derive from it and how having people pray for you, even if you don't believe in it, is still like, you know, feels good that people care about you. Like we did nothing but talk about like all the, um, you know, all the benefits of Christianity and having a religion. And then I saw this altercation take place on Twitter and a lot of people just saw it toward the end. But what it was, was people trying to tell James, you need Jesus or you're, you're going to hell. And he ended up pushing back and saying, stop trying to evangelize to me because it's only going to make me hate you. And they kept pushing. And so then he started dunking on people and it turned into this huge war. And then there were like sort of high profile people saying that he has no place in the conservative movement, which I was like, by the way, I love that. I was like, perfect. The conservatives are showing how you know narrow minded and retarded they are. I love it. But it was also people kind of in this post-libertarian camp or like heavily Christian anarchist or heavily Christian libertarian leaning people that wanted him like to have nothing to do with any of it anymore. And I was like, what are you guys talking about? I mean, there are like, let, let's just use this comparison. How many accounts do you find out there that are based on atheism or that are like you know in their bio it says like there is no god i'm an atheist or who like constantly do nothing but you know trounce christianity at least with a high number of followers there's like none of them i mean all those types of people are democrats they're all in the liberal dumbass movement and we hate all of them like and will and i hate them just as much as you guys do yeah most but of them are my alt accounts <laughs> But there's this idea that Christians are somehow persecuted in the liberty movement. And I just think it's bullshit. I don't see it from anyone important at all. I mean, some of the important people well, are atheists, but I don't see this. Con I don't see a constant dragging of Christianity. And I do see it the other way. Like if you're at all vocal about the fact that you don't believe in God, then you are instantly put on a tightrope. It's like, okay. We're watching you very closely and we're going to monitor very carefully what you say. And if you say anything out of line, you are a Reddit atheist. So, for example, like that shit with uh, Thaddeus Russell, someone mm -hmm. posted, this is what libertarianism without religion gets you. And I mean, I just posted a link to the Catholic Church being found out that they had a couple hundred thousand 
cases of pedophilia just in France since the 1950s. And people were jumping all over me for saying like I was a Reddit atheist and I hated Christians. And then I made a couple very, very calm posts about how I think there's an unfair slant against non-believers as opposed to people who believe. And I had all sorts of people jumping on me for that. If I said anything remotely close to the opposite of what that guy said about if you don't have religion, you end up wanting to diddle kids. You know, if I had said anything like if you're a Christian, then you won't care if, uh, you know, non-believers are murdered by the thousands or, or something stupid like that. Like I would have just had people jumping all over me. I don't think that's true. Just like I don't think what this fucking idiot said is true. But there is no comparison. And I'm just like, <laughs> I, I mean, I don't think it's fair to say there is. And I just want to hear what you guys think. Well, I think I, I I see what you're saying. I think it depends on what part of the liberty movement you're looking at. Like, I think in our circles, what you're saying is pretty much true. Um, but I think that the Libertarian Party, um, the establishment Wait, party... Quick, over the... though, like, who outside of our circle that goes after Christians is prominent at all? Oh, well, I mean, they're losing prominence, and I'm happy about that. But, like, for the longest time, the Libertarian Party, well, maybe not persecuting Christians has fostered a a environment that's that's pretty intentionally hostile towards Christians and and conservatives just in general I would say um so and I think that the Mises caucus has made great efforts to change that you know and and certainly it needs to be careful to not create an overcorrection which perhaps that's part of what's happening here is that there's a you know a little bit of that natural overcorrection and backlash where it's like, you know, Christians have been like Christian libertarians have felt shit on for so long. And now, you know, they're they're pushing back a little bit to be like, hey, we deserve a seat at the table, which, you know, fair enough. But just, you know, make sure that you don't kick the other people out of the table because they deserve a, a, a seat, too. Um, so I think I, I, I hear what you're saying. And I, I do, you know, it, it does bother me when I when I what? see a. The, the, the Christian libertarians out there who are, I mean, it's okay to have, like, I, I have the opinion that, you know, society without God and without religion will like, you know, like, I, I obviously think that would be bad and society would get worse, but I also think it's fair to point out that uh, there's plenty of hypocrisy and corruption and sin within the church. So it's one of those things. It's like, don't throw stones in glass houses. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, I would guess you say the, is what, some of the things that make you feel like Christians are picked on in the liberty movement, like or was in the past. Like, what were some of the things that maybe non-believers could work on? To um, for the for the longest time, it was like if you were any degree of pro-life, you weren't. Uh, it was like you couldn't be considered a libertarian, and if you had any, if you were, you know, even moderately conservative leaning in your social views uh you know you would be kind of looked down upon as a libertarian and um, to be fair though that's policy related right like that's not religion i mean that's if it's because it's your pro-life then it's because of a policy you have it's not because of your religion like if you were pro-choice but you're still vehemently personally against it like jacob hornberger or something i don't think there was any animosity toward that right um. Yeah, I don't know. I I I, I guess maybe not. 
um but but you know to christians who are coming in and you know like what do you do about you know the libertarian party it's not just like i think all of us here are pretty much ancap leaning um if not full full ancap so like obviously we don't have much argument here because we all ideally just don't want a state and don't want any laws about abortion but then what do we do do we say that libertarians who are minarchists and who are christians and who think oh well i'm against the the wars and i'm against the war on drugs and i'm against the fed and i want you know uh, you know a sound monetary policy or decentralization but i'm not an anarchist and i still want some state i want that minimal state and you know for those minarchists who are christian who think that abortion is murder and one of the few legitimate functions of government should be to you know not let people murder uh you know yeah i just i mean <laughs> i i have no issues with that like what you're describing i know like, you don't but there's a well, there was for the longest time that sort of libertarian christian has not had a seat at the table right in the, the party at least but what i'm saying is the atheist libertarians they don't have any I mean, at least as far as I know, they don't have any statist views that they're trying to push on Christians, whereas I can understand someone being upset that Christian libertarians would want the state enforcing something, even though I don't have any like, I mean, I certainly can empathize with people who want laws about abortion because I, I get it like I totally do. But for people who disagree, I can understand why they're upset that they would want to pass laws regarding it. So I don't think that's an anti-Christian sentiment. I think it's just a fact that they want laws enforcing Christian values where, at least as far as I know, none of the atheist libertarians want laws enforcing atheist values or like degenerate values or whatever. Like they just want the state out of the picture. So I think there's a little bit of a difference there, if you know what I'm saying. Well, to be fair to, to y'all, like, I mean, some, some of the um, atheist libertarians that maybe would be more confrontational in your view, they just have different blind spots. Like where certain uh, like Christian leaning people do have a maybe a more like a blind spot towards abortion. And I say blind spot as far as like pure libertarian philosophy of not using the state to enforce something on people. But like there's a lot of libertarians that are atheists that maybe like more, have a uh, more of a social justice view on speech or all kind of stuff like that. Not that. Right. We but no, no, I don't even, it might not even be though. Right. Yeah, and, and I, I'm, I wouldn't even know if I would blame it on like a, an atheist culture. I think it was just more of a slightly left social justice culture that the libertarian at least the, the part of the movement that's consisted within the party for the last couple decades, I think. By the is, way, I'm going to be super distracted by uh, Will's guns the rest of the show. It's just going to, that's going to be a problem. But. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying not to be autistically triggered by the one comment saying landowners should be free to murder people on their own land, which I can't tell if that was a troll comment or if that was meant completely. Based. Leave them alone. <laughs> I was gonna. I was gonna say. So, like, I mean, we still get some pushback if if um, someone tries to like 
Like if we were to try to change the platform here in Montana to make it more pro-life, just get rid of the the um, the current platform in the Libertarian Party, like we would get pushback. But I don't know if it's necessarily from like an anti-Christian perspective right. as much as it is like an anti-conservative perspective. I, I still think it's really dumb because we're keeping out like a lot of people who would join the party. Yeah. Um. But but I just being around you and and um associating with you for like the last year i i have been able to see a lot of people who are reacting to atheism in, in a way that i don't find very christian and i i don't know really what it is like i mean i th i think that even christians should be able to understand that the holy spirit uses non-believers like like jordan peterson he is not a christian he doesn't believe in God. Like he, he says that, I, I don't know where he's at now, but yeah. for the longest time, that was true. I think that was true up until about like four months ago. <laughs> yeah. But, but either way, like before then he was bringing so many people into Christianity. Like I, yeah. I know so many people who are now Christians because they listen to his biblical series and James Lindsay provides a lot for Christians too. Like, like the fact that he is pointing to this philosophy critical theory that really is based in like what I would say is like the most sinful parts of our human nature, like just resentment and, and all of this, like the fact oh, that he's yeah. like taking this apart and really kind of deconstructing it for what it is like should be valuable to every Christian. And I think every conservative and I think every libertarian mm -hmm. and things that you've been doing read, like, I, I just don't understand why, where this comes from. And I do think it is kind of, a reactionary thing and, and maybe reflexive and they might not be actually rationalizing their way more through than it. that. I think, I think the problem is the church is filled with, with multiple generations of people who have been raised up weak in the faith. And when their faith that's very weak is attacked by atheists and their arguments, which are actually like 90% of the arguments that atheists make are actually like, valid criticisms that even if I can provide good answers for the only reason I've been able to find those good answers is that like at one point I didn't and I was met with those objections and went oh wow that's I hadn't considered that before and there's there's a reason why a lot of Christians leave the faith when they're confronted with this these lines of questions is because the church has done a very poor job of raising and I'm, I'm not saying like the church, like broadly, not just even institutionally, like parents have done a bad job. Christian parents have done a bad job at, in, in, you know, instilling the values and, and kind of like, you know, I mean, the I forget the exact passage, but there's a passage in, in the New Testament where Paul says you need to be ready to provide a defense for your faith. Your faith is not just supposed to be some intellectually lazy, you know, like mindless exercise. You know, there needs to be uh you know reason and intentionality and and a humbleness to 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 what you do and th there's just too many christians who i think instead of when they're presented with the critiques that atheists bring instead of that pushing them to go you know that's that's a really good point you made i don't know what the answer is i'm going to pray about it i'm going to talk to my pastor about it i'm going to you know find some 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 uh you know suggested reading from scripture or maybe some some bible studies on this subject and wrestle with this a little bit like that's what we're supposed to do with christians like i mean 
that's like, you know, is Israel means to wrestle with God. You know, that's why, you know, that's what we are supposed to, we, and the church is the new Israel. That's what we are supposed to do. But instead of that, it's just like, you know, we want commercialized Christianity. We want our, we want our nice music services and we want, people want to show up and be entertained. It's just, you know, it's basically, you know, they want a 60 minute entertainment concert that's Christianized basically that, to, that I love the way my dad would describe it. He said, it's just people who like to show up once a week and do a spiritual circle jerk. Um, he got us kicked out of a church for that saying that once, but, uh, <laughs> well, if the church is the new Israel, it should be getting $3 billion a year in aid from the federal government. <laughs> <laughs> what happened to separation of church and state? Oh my God. <laughs> I, um, I'm not going to, I'm going to try not to toot my own horn here with this, but I think the reason a lot of these Christians hate people like me and James Lindsay is we actually know what we're talking about. And we're also not, you know, the Bible more than 90% of the people who, yeah. (laughs) And then also I used to think I knew the Bible and the more I hang out with Reed, I'm like, I don't fucking know this. (laughs) (laughs) I forgot um, a lot. (laughs) They're Christians like, the reactionary reddit atheist to be their you know to be their um opposition just like atheists would like kind of the, the dumbass evangelical who's only read romans and doesn't know anything else about what he's talking about and um so when you have someone who actually knows the book and has actually lived the life and you know has actually had a dad who's a deacon and done child evangelism fellowship and the whole nine yards and isn't just triggered about it and actually makes what I would say are rational critiques over it that drives them crazy. And then especially when I'm not an asshole and when I'm sometimes more Christ-like than a lot of these people who are pushing this book, you know, that just, I don't think that's a good look for them. So I think that's why a lot of people hate me, but I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Again, I, I think it's just low self-esteem and and, and a weak faith because, and, 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 you know, yeah. this is a personality type that you see, you know, there's, there are blue pilled libertarians that, you know, have this reaction when the more, you know, Austrian well-read libertarians come in and challenge their ideas. It's like, you don't respond with humility to be like, Hey, I don't know everything. And maybe I'm wrong about this. It's like, you know, lash out and be angry because somebody's making me uncomfortable. So it's, it's, it's sad and unfortunate. Um, You know, all we can, you know, I, I hope that, you know, Liam, I think does a good job. And I think I try to do a good job at uh, not doing that and trying to be an example of, of, of not doing that being, being a snowflake doesn't accomplish anything. Um, You know, maybe you need to follow, you know, to bring Jordan Peterson again, like maybe you need to get your, your own room in order before you go out to criticize other people. Take the log out of your own eye before the speck out of your neighbor's eye. In other words. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I also did want to throw this point in. I'm kind and I'm interested to hear what you guys think of this too. I'm kind of sick of hearing people say that Christianity brings about a happier lifestyle necessarily. I think it can, but I know my experience is anecdotal, but the church I went to the guy who taught my Sunday school, most of the time I was growing up, he shot himself when I was 18. 
We had a guy who came to our church for a couple years. He murdered a woman and chopped her up in his backyard and burned her in his fire pit and then came back to church for another service before he ended up getting arrested. Um, there's tons of divorce, like completely dysfunctional marriages, people who are nothing but angry because, you know, we have these prayer meetings Wednesday nights and you hear about all the trouble everybody's going through on Wednesday night when you're meeting with all the guys having prayer meeting or when you're out on retreats with the church and you're having fellowship time, you hear about the shit that's going on and it might add some sort of release that they otherwise wouldn't have, but I'm not convinced that it brings any release that just a secular meeting where you're telling everyone all this stuff would bring about. But all that to say, there are a lot of people who I think are kind of new to Christianity or don't know much about it or have just found it. And their point, this is in our circles, like in the Liberty Movement, and they're pointing to it as something that brings you more fulfillment. And I lived in the church my entire you know, childhood into my teenage years and then a little bit in my early 20s. And I can just say that that's unequivocally not true from my experience. Like people are just as dysfunctional, just as hopeless, just as distraught, just as angry, just as evil in the church as they are outside of the church. But uh, I want to hear from you, Will, because you've gone from the church to outside the truth, uh, outside the church. Is that what you've noticed, too? Or what do you think? Yeah, man, I couldn't agree more. I, uh, it, you know, I me, mean, I'm the one that really pushes back on the idea of like Christian morality being superior to like a just an atheistic one. Um, and yeah, that's my experience. I've, but it's hard to like really draw like 100 percent comparison because there are, especially where I live, like most people are Christian. So, I mean, like you're going to get every shade of that. Am I cutting out or are y'all cutting out? I can hear you fine. Okay, cool. But yeah, um, uh, I don't know. I, I dislike that talking point as much as you do. Very, I have very much the same experience of just seeing a lack of faith and full of faith people just, uh, messing up in the same capacity. I, I think the, the kind of, I, I don't even really know how to characterize it. I think it is kind of what, what Jacob was talking about earlier with the kind of commercialization of Christianity. I think, I think what you're describing actually kind of does a disservice to Christianity. This idea that like be, when you become a Christian, like everything is great after that. Um, it, there, there's this really good demo, um, documentary that I watched a while ago. It's called, um, I think it's called the American gospel. There, there are a lot of problems with it, I think, but I, it, it addresses the prosperity doctrine pretty well, which is just the idea that like, you know, God wants you to be rich, like these televangelists that you see. Um, and, and I think that like it, it kind of creates this surface level Christianity where as soon as you you run into problems in your life, you fall out of it. And um, I, I mean, <laughs> these people haven't read Ecclesiastes. Like, like it's one of the like most depressing books I've ever read. And I, I personally like it for that reason, kind of like this more existential, like look at things. Um, I, but, but I do think, I do think that it gives you, um, I think that if you are to follow it, you, you are going, it, it can help you. I do think that like 
it can Agreed. help you. So, and it, it's more just saying that like your life will not be perfect, but if you are to follow this, it can be better. Um, but I've I mean, like, go, oh, go ahead, finish playing. Well, uh, well, I was just going to say like, uh, when I, when I first really started to get into Christianity, I had a conversation with my pastor and first thing he said is like, Christians are not perfect. In fact, like most of the, re like one of the biggest reasons that people come into Christianity is because they are at their worst. <laughs> like they, they really are at this moment where they do understand that they are the chief of all sinners. Um, if, if you've heard that phrase and it's, it's like, mm -hmm. we, it's a very, I think it is kind of, sometimes it's very depressing to put yourself up against um, the measure of Christ and the measure of the Bible. But I think that it's also the best goalpost to strive towards. Um, and I think that doing it will actually provide meaning and, and it will give you perspective and stability. Um, but that doesn't mean that there won't be suffering. It'll just, it'll provide meaning. And I, I, I really like the, the Chesterton quote that's like, um, there's only one way to stand straight and um, infinite ways to fall down. Um, yeah, I think I, I've seen it go both ways. Like it, it's undeniable that I've seen Christianity change some people's lives for the good. Of course I have, but I've also seen it do the opposite. And then I've also seen people leave Christianity and become better people afterward. <laughs> like it, it's sort of, depends on the person and depends on their circumstances i think um like my cousin is someone who leaving christianity was definitely good for him like he was just depressed all the time and he was sad and he was always wondering about these big questions and then i basically told him dude if the biggest thing you're wrestling with is what happens to you after you die then you're living a pretty good life <laughs> a lot of people don't have they, they can't afford to just be worried about that. They're worried about what they're going to have for food for dinner, or if their house is going to get bombed at night or whatever. Like you've got it pretty good. And that kind of put him on a different trajectory. And now he's a non-believer and he's way happier, way more successful than he used to be growing up. He was always kind of the odd kid out, but now he's, you know, done well in college and stuff. And he's, I don't know, for him, it seemed like it was a better direction for him to go. So I would never say that like Christianity can't um, inspire people or, you know, give people a, a meaningful life. But, I mean, that would be ridiculous to say that. Of course, a lot of people throughout history, it's given them, you know, more meaning to do something or meaning to live a better life. But I think it just kind of it's, it's kind of situational and um, also individually based as all things are. So I think it really depends on how you define happiness. But ultimately, I think that I, I wouldn't agree Christianity is going to make you happier. I think that, and I don't, I don't even think for that matter that the goal should to, I don't think that the goal for living life should be. Let's use a different a adjective life. than happy, fulfilled or. But, see, I, fulfilled, but, I, yeah. but, but to me, I think that's different. Like I think happiness and, meaning or happiness and fulfillment are are, are different thing and uh, maybe this is just a difference between an atheistic and a christian world no no no, because I, I agree with you on that point like i, I should have used a different adjective because yeah, i think you can have a more challenging in some ways miserable life that will be more 
fulfilling. Um, I, I, I do agree with you. So let's use that word instead. Like okay. I have in well, both then ways, if, I've seen that happen sure. that way too. I would describe well, well, that with my cousin. So, well, if, if that's what we're going after then, then I, I guess I would be on the side that Christianity is, is, does lead you to a more meaningful life, but you know, that, that, that doesn't mean that it's going to be easy. Like for a lot of people trying to lead a meaningful life is a daily struggle a lot to a lot of them trying to walk. I mean, there's a reason why Jesus said it's a, I mean, and this is one of those things where it's contradictory. Jesus says, my my yoke is easy and my burden is light. But then he also says, wide is the gate that leads to destruction and narrow is the is the are the doors that lead to life. So it's, it, you know, it's there's aspects about it that are easy and there's aspects about it that are hard. Um, and there's a lot of times where being a Christian is, is you know, where, where that path is going to lead to like, a lot of anxiety and, you know, maybe anger or confusion or, you know, you know, you're going to struggle with all of that. But I think, I think people would struggle with that even if they, even if they didn't have God, if they didn't have Christianity, I think what Christianity gives is a, a, a meaningful uh, substrate, a meaningful uh backing to reality that that gives meaning to life in a way that i don't know how people can have meaning to their life without um but that's that that is one of my more like very strong disagreements with you two probably is is just that i i i do think that without christianity like it's just i don't know how i would get up in the morning because to me it's like well i'm just a clump of atoms like i i have no soul Morality means nothing. Truth means nothing. You know, I'm, I'm just a highly just know. I algorithm. used to, I used to think that too at one time. Do, do you really <laughs> think that though? Like without, like, like outside, not to like per, go like full on attack, but like without your religious belief, do you think you would just sit here and embrace full nihilism? Will didn't you think that at one point, or did you never? Yeah, think I mean, for sure. Like, but as a very young child, like, I think I just like had that view of this, like, but I, I don't know. My, my slide into atheism was just kind of like a long, it was a longer journey. I but, think my dad, he's been a Christian his entire life. And like five years ago, he was telling me that if he came to the realization that the the bible and you know jesus weren't real that he would have no reason to want to live and now he's sort of coming to that conclusion about jesus and the bible and he still very much has a reason to live so you know like he he was that was when he was 55 and he'd lived this his entire life and i think i think when you live it as your life like yeah you can't really imagine um having no, any think, reason to I go with something him, so. very almost romantic about the idea that like like this is all we got like it could end tomorrow oh i agree with you but i'm just saying like when you're in that mindset because i was in that mindset for a while too like this is all completely meaningless and pointless without god so why give a shit about anything um i certainly don't think that anymore but i can i can understand i can empathize with that approach because i used to have it at one time and, and i'm not I want to be clear here. I, I'm not saying that all atheists um, inevitably cannot find ways to find meaning or cannot find ways to 
be moral people or to care about morality. I just feel like, and, and I think we talked about this a couple episodes ago, but it's like we, we have, or I might've talked about this with Jose on my podcast. I can't remember, but it's like, the, the problem is like, we're, we're all making some sort of a priori assertion. You know what I mean? Like, but like my faith or my a priori assertion is sort of like that God exists. And from there, I can logically back morality and meaning and like that I have a soul and that I exist in a meaningful way. And I'm not just like a clump of atoms held loosely together. And my consciousness is just an illusion based upon, you know, the combination of, you know, the electrons firing in my brain combined with, uh, you know, programmed like evolutionary patterns encoded in my DNA. Um, Cause that's, that's what I'll like without God and without belief in something supernatural, that's kind of all we are. <laughs> that's the reason why the, the, the most like scientific atheists basically believe like we have no free will and they're hard determinists because they just think that we're biological machines for the most part. Um, well, you know if you I mean? look so, at like, like if I look at a Kenworth W900 tractor, you know, like for a tractor trailer, that thing is fucking beautiful. You know, like the, the nice chrome grill on the front, the long nose, everything about it. It's beautiful. Finding out that it's made out of steel and that it has, wow. you know, eight cylinders firing and it's, uh, you know, runs off a of diesel and, you know, it's got, I mean, it's a combustion powered engine or like whatever you find out about it afterward, that doesn't destroy it for me. That actually, in a way, makes it even cooler. It's like, oh, wow, it's not just this like magical thing going down the road. There's all this stuff that makes that W900 work that gives it the torque to pull that trailer up an 8% grade or whatever. Um, finding out the mechanics behind something actually makes it like way more fascinating to me than I, yeah. I agree with you. The mechanics can make it more fascinating. And I, I'm that's not what I'm trying to say. What I'm trying to say is like, you know, learning how something works can be great if you're like, you know, like I'm, I'm a mechanic by trade. So I, I actually relate that's to that. I, a lot. To I love the truck. example. Yeah. So. It's like, I mean, I, I, when I take a transmission apart and it's like, so like I just tore apart my, my first 10 speed, automatic transmission last week Ooh, and getting automatic. my hands into that i was is... excited for a second and then you just <laughs> killed the boner but... <laughs> for me uh, that's exciting it's like getting into it seeing all how the parts work seeing what failed and fixing it and putting it back together like that's that's amazing I, and so i'm not trying to argue against that sort of experience but it's more like who we who are we and what is our identity as as people and and then, like, why? And again, I brought this up before. Like, why do we care about morality? And it's like, why do we care about morality in these ways that are? It's not just like we don't approach morality like, oh, we need to do these things because they're evolutionarily preferable ways for us to live and conduct society. It's like, no, when we're confronted by something evil, even for the most part, unless they're a psychopath, the the most. Uh, you know, hardcore atheist is going to be emotionally, you know, outraged when they encounter somebody who's abused a child or who's, you know, abused a woman or who has, you know, committed murder. It's like, you know, th those things don't just like they, th there's something about human depravity 
and then the desire by 99% of people to oppose that and to even if they disagree on the the details like they for the most part people don't look at themselves as bad people everyone thinks they're a good person and they want to be good and and they and they they want to oppose the things that they view as evil and i just to me find a hard to, like to, for me to try to justify that as something compelling and and meaningful without god is to me just incoherent i um, think if you had a long experience of finding disbelief in god so like it was i think a lot of people they find something that sounds cool and they're like oh i'm going to believe that now and, and it's not an honest approach because in my mind you can't really decide what you believe it's kind of involuntary agree, kind as of. a reaction yeah. to your experience and what your rationality is or whatever so with me, and I think also with Will, it was for me, it was probably like a, I don't know, a six year process of just slowly not believing and more and more and more of it. I didn't have this experience that just made me go, oh my God, this is so terrible. Fuck this Jesus stuff. I'm done with it. You know, like, and, and that's what 90% of Christians ask me, like, what painful experience did you go through in your life that led you to reject God? And it's like, no, they're, I mean, there were a couple things like the guy shooting himself that sucked, but it didn't make me reject God. Actually, in those times, I was more tempted to draw closer to God and grab, you know, a tighter hold of the beliefs I had. It didn't convince me not to believe in it. It was over like six years. I just slowly believed in less and less and less and less of it. And because um, I used to have the same approach you did that I would never justify wanting to do anything other than exist if i didn't believe in god but i just found that not to be true as i went through that evolution and i think that would probably be the case for well, almost I, everyone if they actually i, I agree with so so this is where i'm going to try to I, I don't want to sound condescending with my answer but like it doesn't surprise me that you didn't find that to be true but the reason why that doesn't surprise me from my christian perspective is that I don't think that most, this is the same thing Jordan Peterson says. I don't think that deep down, most people who say they are atheists are truly atheists the whole way down to completely to their core. And what I mean by that is that I don't think that people are completely like they completely didn't like they haven't completely down to their core said, you know what? There is nothing to life except the material. And even if that's not conscious, maybe it's just subconsciously and implicitly something in you still, in my opinion, is clinging to the idea that there is something beyond just what is material. And so you're still you're kind of still operating psychologically in a religious sense of believing that there is things outside the material, believing in, you know, you don't have it expressed expressed into some sort of explicit religious structure but those that religious instinct to find value and meaning in things is still inside of you it's just it's just uh you know like it, it, it's it's uh it, it, it's like detached from anything uh i also concrete. think we're getting a little a little rough with the definition of atheism i mean atheism is the rejection of a god it's not the rejection of the possibility of any you know um, yeah, no, I was supernatural existence <laughs> i mean it's like i mean 
the it's it's like there's there's a difference between the idea of a god a creator somebody who made this all as some experiment to or even if it wasn't an experiment if you're more of a deist like some creator who made all this in his own image versus like if there could be some ethereal plane or something like those are two very different things i mean i'm not a strict materialist i don't necessarily think there couldn't be anything beyond the physical i just think that the construct of god is definitely man-made and it would take a ton to convince me of that not being true now and if i hadn't been raised like so strictly religiously i'd probably be a little more agnostic about that to be honest i'll fully admit that it's just how i've seen people interact with the church and religion and the idea of god that has basically convinced me that that is a human construct Well, there there so. i feel like the problem is and this isn't like your fault i think the problem is most christians are brought up with a very poor uh teaching of what god is because i don't i don't view god in the sense of like just like he's just a being and he's like the most high being it's like god is god is just basically that which is transcendent beyond material you know what i mean like so like you have natural and then basically that which is beyond the natural that which exists in you know that that space that's hard to define so that's why that's why the christian says god is goodness god is justice god is truth god is light it's like so i mean now he god the being interacts with us in ways that our human brains can comprehend um so he he manifests as a being but he's not just a being like he is being he is existence right uh, is the way i would put yeah. it so it's well, like that's kind of hard to argue I'm... with though like when we start getting to the point where god is just good like that basis is like it's kind of well, hard but how to... do you how do you define good without god though like that 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 is that is where I approach atheism and then completely reject it is because I can't define what good is. You know, how do you uh, define God? I mean, like good with God, just what God wants, like as no Bible, like because not to. I wanted to raise my hand earlier and just go like I think the the omission of any kind of moral condemnation of slavery in the Bible is a slam dunk for us edgelord atheists and like that's like do i have to address the slavery argument please i mean you can't before we go into slavery i do want to address a couple comments here um so david said i think reed is agnostic and i am and so is everybody on planet (laughs) earth (laughs) um and then he's saying uh atheism i would define as the rejection of the supernatural agnosticism is the lack of understanding what faith or supernatural is and not finding faith in any specific religion so luckily david you are not uh the definer of words but uh <laughs> he's just a boy live malone <laughs> but, but uh, the problem is i i kind of but like it's, the, the problem is these are well, no, no, a, let, let, let me let me finish here atheism christians have turned the term atheism into an indefensible position by how they describe it like no non-christian atheist that i know would make some claim that he knows that there is no God. That's something that Christians have come up with. 
like atheism and theism are beliefs. They're not claims of knowledge. None of us have that knowledge as much as we'd like to say we do. Nobody does. So it, it's kind of like, um, I mean, we're all agnostic. And if we're atheists or theists, that's just based on our, you know, our experience and what we've seen in our lives and what makes the most sense to us, what we've arrived at. The reason I don't call myself an agnostic is I could, is because I think of that more as an adjective than a noun. Like if you're going to describe yourself as an agnostic, then I think that means you really just don't think about this very much and you have no idea. Like, I mean, I think all four of us are agnostics, but I think to describe ourselves as agnostic would be misleading because I think both of you guys definitely have strong beliefs. And then Will and I also are kind of convinced of where we are. But at the end of the day, I don't know. So I think it's, <laughs> but, just, I think it's just an expression of intellectual honesty. Sure. And humility. You know what I mean? To not to yeah. not be like, oh, well, because like, I mean, I and it's also like if I'm to say I'm not agnostic, then it's like I've basically said there's no difference between faith and absolute certainty. Which means like, well, then why do these, why even have different words for them and why, and that that's not even biblically coherent. So to me, it's just like right. to be logically consistent, you kind of have to have an, an, an agnostic attitude. Okay. But now Will and I are going to have an autistic. Sure. Fight. Really Go quick. Ahead. I just, I wanted to say one, <laughs> one thing about all this though, but Go before ahead, we get into that, I just wanted to ask Jacob, um, be, because I think that like the discussion we got about meaning and like being able to find meaning in in material i think part of the the problem with that and i and i wonder what you think about this jacob is the the idea that like because it is material it is futile and it's and it's fleeting and like like what what god provides is like like stability in in the sense that it is infinite and truth and and moral whereas like if i if i do have faith in a tractor i mean that could be destroyed like i, I it, it's um, it's the only real thought that i have like uh, i guess from this conversation but because i i think you guys are you guys are kind of touching on important things with the agnosticism there and then i do want to get into uh the slavery discussion but what, what do you think about that jacob um I'm, I'm I'm trying to so say the first part again. Just the idea that like because we can say that like things give we we were kind of engaging in a conversation about what gives meaning. What gives meaning and and we were saying that athe atheists can find meaning in things, but I don't think that that's what I don't. I, I said that Christianity provides meaning, but I don't think that that's like the essential thing that it provides. I think it provides something much deeper than that, which is yeah, like a that, form of stability. Like, right, right. Because you can find situational meaning. Like you can kind of go like, well, if X, then Y. And you can kind of like find, you know, like once you've established the tractor exists, you can then dissect it and figure out how it works, deduce what its purpose is and et cetera. But, um, that you know that works very well that's basically just doing science on material things um the the problem is you can't do science on things that are just not analyzable by science or materialism like goodness is not a scientific concept you know what i mean like morality is not a scientific 
concept and in even to some extent like like transcendent meaning and even like human consciousness kind of rides this gray it, it, human consciousness exists in this like venn diagram where like part of it is science and and, and neurology and and physical but then the other part is like completely like mystical and like what the fuck like we like like the, even the best neuroscientists are like yeah we have we have like not even a one percent understanding of what the fuck consciousness is and 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 understanding how you know human perception works and stuff um and 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 that's just consciousness then when we get into these subjects of morality and and meaning i just feel like there those are those are realms that that science can't do anything and so that's why you know what you were talking about will before we get into slavery was like well how do you define you know like defining good without god it's like well without god i don't know what other tools you have other than science and materialism and i don't know how you can define we'll have to you know, do a whole episode we'll on that because yeah. <laughs> i've got a whole bunch of thoughts but it'll take an hour and a half to talk yeah. about it so so yeah. fight over slavery guys let's hear it let's, let, let, slavery's let's hear it. bad jacob your point <laughs> okay <laughs> um so slavery um is not ever just like there's no passage in the bible where god goes and i tell you now slavery is a human virtue go out at, like it, there's no like you know how god says go go be, be fruitful, fruitful and, and pick those cotton plants right <laughs> yeah there's no there's no command to go out and 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 capture slaves um a lot of so like the old be fruitful and catch them runaways sorry yeah. <laughs> that's my last one <laughs> <laughs> uh, um but yeah i mean like old testament slavery is not really slavery it's indentured servitude it's highly regulated um now did did would you did, say it's moral though yeah see he's gonna go full dawson here he's gonna be like see like back in the day like they this it wasn't about slavery it was because no I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no see the, 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 the no no the real answer is that like without the slave owner the slave would just starve and die the slave owner gives the slave meaning and <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's gonna be clipped so badly out of context. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. he's one of us now <laughs> He can finally go on Tower Gang. Yeah, I'm gonna say this is this is my pitch to get on Tower Gang here, but um, just I'll just impersonate a, a an 1856 like like Southern Christian Do slave it. owner. Uh, come on, give me swing by the swing chair. Yeah, come on, hit it. Let's uh, <laughs> all um, come off and then come back on in blackface. Okay. <laughs> I, there is there I, are very few things that I won't do to get on Tower Gang, and that 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 is on the border of what I might might or might not do. I'll have to think about it. I'll do it right now. Let's go, guys. <laughs> um, no, but so I, I think for the now, Israel at times did break what God's law was. So did they practice slavery um, in a way that was not biblical? Yes. The the biblical thing for indentured servitude was basically like if people owed debts and how to work them off every seven years, their debts were all wiped clean and they were set free. Um, you know, we have to remember that slavery and indentured servitude, these were economic universals in all societies for thousands of years. And it's in, in even in today's society where we think we've all become very, you know, um, 
morality uh, morally enlightened about the subject of slavery that slavery still exists in our modern day and world and you know someone argue we're communicating on you know phones and stuff on a daily basis that are constructed on slave wages and stuff so it's a, it's a nuanced subject but Socialist, you know say that but... yeah <laughs> but the um but yeah, I think Old Testament slave, the whole idea like the Bible justifies slavery, it's really easy to show how the Old Testament's not justifying that sort of thing. There's a passage in the New Testament where Jesus says, like, you know, now slaves, you know, admonish your masters and serve them well. This is in the context of turning the other cheek and, and blessing those who persecute you and being, uh, you know, doing uh, like, when when you're in so think about joseph right the story of joseph in the old testament he was sold into slavery but instead of like being uh bitter and angry and just like you know my life sucks and this is you know whatever he decided to be the 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 best at you know and to do his best at everything that was given to him and because of that unless it was the pharaoh's wife they didn't want right to try yes at that but. exactly <laughs> Yeah, I'm so, not even saying like the Bible endorses slavery. I mean, I do think it kind of does in a lot of parts. I couldn't recite, but but even just like the Ten Commandments in which we're supposed to live by, like the commandments that God gave human beings, it covers honoring your mother and father. There's four commandments talking about like you know, respecting God or not using his mm -hmm. name in vain. And he just doesn't get to like, don't own another human being. Yeah. I think I would, the 10 commandments could be rewritten in a more, the uh, did but the it thing and is, they did a good job. But like, the thing is like in <laughs> the only one who could complete the 10 commandments listen, was listen. Satan. <laughs> right. <laughs> listen, think, think about how, think about how barbaric we sometimes view the old testament law in our modern lens okay now realize that the israelites couldn't even do that like god was like listen i don't need you to be good i just want you to be slightly less evil and they still couldn't fucking do that so the, the whole point yeah yeah the, but but to be fair it was you didn't kill everyone i told you to kill <laughs> you left the cows and the women and the children <laughs> Like Yo, that was the type of shit they couldn't do. Okay, now, now, okay, now, now we're moving the goalposts off slavery into the completely different topic. I, I know, no, no, I know, but of, you, you were saying conquest. like, yeah, I, I just had to yeah. throw that in there. It's no, I know, but, but yeah, so, um, so yeah, my, my, my point being that I don't think the Bible endorses slavery. I think the last point to this would be that the abolitionist movement in America to end slavery was predominantly, um, motive, you know, um, populated by christians who were making strong christian arguments and the the southerners were actually on the losing side of the battle the, the battle quoting the bible because a lot of like 99 percent of what they were doing in the slave trade you know even when both when they were going to africa and getting their slaves and then when they were doing forced like breeding slaves was ex it's all explicitly forbidden by everything that the bible says about slavery so it, it's just yeah. to, to, to me it's you know it, it's pretty i think even most reasonable like atheists who go beyond just like your surface level edgelording atheism and who searched into the subject realize that at the very least it's 
it's a lot more nuanced than oh the bible endorses slavery oh yeah i I think i find it fascinating that you have people who are using the same book on both sides of the argument that's kind of what i that's just the, the what i've come away with all this like i think i right after i left christianity I think initially I went through a little bit of this angry atheist phase where I was like, you know, yeah, this book has so much evil in it, blah, 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 blah. And I still think some of it's pretty wacky, but I've arrived at the conclusion that it's basically a vehicle and you can use that vehicle for good or for bad. And I don't know, like, so I I, I don't really, I, I think like the people who can use that message to like, like Ron Paul and, you know, try to preach peace and prosperity and uh, understanding and tolerance. That's great. And I have absolutely nothing against that. Um, And I, you know, the rest of the atheists need to kind of catch up to that. Like, you know, Hey, if people are living good lives through this doctrine, why do you care? Like that, that's basically where I've gotten with it. But I, I don't think that it's the only way to get there and i don't think it necessarily gets you there either like i think it can be abused and i think people can arrive there with other philosophical backing too that's just where i am at this point but um but the last thing i want the thing i want to close with um this is something i've been talking about a lot um and jacob i'd be interested to know what you think because you're well i forget were you you were conservative originally and then went progressive right is that correct um i was conservative being so i have a conservative upbringing rebelled against that went hardcore sjw bernie bro and now i've gone full circle and i'm actually probably more trad than my parents (laughs) yeah so i guess all four of us were brought up conservatively then but so here's my uh big worry so you guys have heard a lot about how dave smith has talked about how the Occupy Wall Street movement got hijacked by um, identity politics, right? Like they realized, oh shit, these people are uniting against us. So we need to start talking about microaggressions or whatever. And that completely derailed everything. I think what a lot of people forget is that like a decade earlier, the, the big banks and the weapons manufacturers and the warmongers were mostly pushed by like right-wingers, like kind of like a, an evangelical right-wing movement with the project for new american century the war in iraq the patriot act the war in afghanistan and then you know there was some red meat thrown to the supporters of you know like we're we're going to call these uh french fries freedom fries and we think you know harry potter is you know of the devil and that your kids shouldn't be reading that and we're gonna you know we don't we think like some of this music is too edgy or whatever like that was kind of the movement in the late 90s and early do, 2000s do you remember the christian the, the people who were going saying the harry potter books give children real spells that real witches do and oh, i'm yeah. like it's Trust fucking me. latin the spells are just <laughs> latin words are you saying latin is witchcraft like what the fuck? it's funny how jk rowling has been like canceled by christian conservatives and social justice oh yeah like she said the horseshoe theory of being this this feeds into exactly (laughs) what i'm gonna say that um like in the late 90s early 2000s it was like this super hardcore right-wing christian evangelical movement that the corporatocracy and the warmongering machines were like hey this is who we have to push our message and it's gonna work and they were very successful with it for a while 
And then like in 2010 ish somewhere, that political capital started running dry. People were getting sick of, they're just like, okay, this is stupid. I don't care if people are gay. I don't care if people read Harry Potter. The war in Iraq was a mistake. We shouldn't have done it, whatever. So then they're like, oh, okay, well, you know what? Now actually Raytheon is going to hire transgender employees because we respect them for who they are. And we, uh, the CIA is going to put out this ad about some non-binary black woman we have working for us because we care about, you know, representing the values of progressive people or whatever. So they they switched from like being really ultra hardcore right wing Christian conservative to like retarded left wing bullshit woke identity politics inside like a decade. And it's my opinion that the, the progressives are running thin on their political capital. I think that they have pushed everything way too far. Like several years ago, People were a little weirded out by transgender people, but they didn't really care. Now you've got this dude who's like placing 400th on the men's swim team, and then he switches to the women's swim team, and he beats everyone by 40 seconds. You've got them putting some guy in a juvenile facility in California when he's 27 years old, and they're also putting him in a women's juvenile facility because he... I forget what he did. He, I think he raped someone or murdered someone when he was 17. I forget. But you, you got like this crazy, insane, progressive bullshit that's just gone way off the deep end. So I feel like, you know, the warmongers kind of follow the normies, like whatever the normies are comfortable with. So the normies were comfortable with Bush, Cheney. And then they were like, whoa, fuck this. I'm done with this. Let's go with this Obama guy. And then they've been kind of on board with like the progressive stuff for a while. But now it's like, holy fuck, this is insane. These guys ruined my life. They took my job. They've got a six foot three, you know, dude competing against my daughter on the basketball team. This this is insane. I'm done with it. So I'm actually envisioning a swing hard to the right uh, this year, like, as far as elected office goes, but then also, you know, slowly throughout the culture, I see that happening. And I think the thing with Charlie Kirk about not giving Satanists First Amendment rights, that was kind of a teaser because we saw how much heat that picked up on Twitter and how many people were like, hell yes, like we're behind this. That was kind of surprising. That's what I see happening. Like, I don't see libertarianism winning big and I don't see leftism continuing on its winning streak. I think their time is up and they're about to get fucking canned. And I think that the right is actually going to be very susceptible to wanting the government to have a lot more power to beat up on the left because oh, yeah. throughout history, whenever it's like, don't you hate these people that were just in charge? Well, if you elect us, look at what we're going to do to them. And I don't mean Fauci and Biden and Newsome. I mean, like your left wing grandmother who voted for Biden and you're, you know, the, the person who runs the greenhouse down the road from you or whatever. Like, I, I kind of see the same shit that's been done to right wingers over the last couple of years. I think it's going to be fucking weaponized against the other side. But what do you guys think about that? Is that a valid concern or am I just, you know, living in Ancapistan in my head or something? I mean, I, you're 100% correct, man. And it ain't just going to be like the lefties that's me and you. Because right. we're yeah. not, we'll, we'll be the lefties, just like we're the we right wing the extremists right now. Yeah. The, I mean, look at just the post libertarians who are like libertarians, but they were right leaning and they've already started foaming at the mouth to seize power and shit. And they would and they 
some of them are classifying me as just some leftist infiltrator. I'm just like, yeah. even fucking... you, Jacob. You yeah. too. Man? I mean, not not all of them. I'm still friendly with a couple of them, but some Same. of them are. I'm still yeah. friendly with a couple of them. But 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 some of them are just like, oh, you're just you know, like like ninety percent of the Hoppian crowd has blocked me on Twitter because they just view Same. me as some kind of fucking leftist infiltrator. Like I'm probably more fucking right wing than you are, moron. <laughs> That's how I feel too, and that makes me feel a little bit better. Sometimes I feel like I'm the only one getting blocked by these assholes. No, nah, you're a fucking commie, Will. No, like they're they're fucking. Oh, I could I could go off on just how, what I think of them. But, Bleeding you know. heart liberal. <laughs> you bleed you blue. Know, like, <laughs> they make liberal like sound like a bad word, but I mean, they're talking about we need to go back to the fucking enlightenment. That's so fucking cringe. Yeah, that's beyond fucking cringe. That's like the crusader LARPing. These fucking, I don't know, choir boys. They want to act tough. Like, I mean, I think there's value to critiquing the Enlightenment. There's even value Come to... Come on, Jacob. <laughs> God listen, damn listen, the Enlightenment... God listen, <laughs> the Enlightenment brought us like the American Revolution, but it also brought us the French Revolution, fascism and socialism and all yeah, of that. Because so. mon- monarchy's a fucking like it's a stupid way to structure society. Like it's it's ridiculous. All statism is bad, but like they all have their pros and cons. And I like to talk I like to put monarchy in a good light just to show how democracy is not as good as people are brainwashed to think it is and talking shit about democracy you are in like good company i'm with you fuck it it's not a perfect system but and i i was even like i chuckled at a lot of the monarchy shit like as i was introduced to it but it's getting ridiculous to the point like they jump between joking and being serious about the shit and i know they're not really serious about it they the post-libertarians, whatever the faggots want to call themselves. But like they fucking, it's just like the Satanism ordeal. They switch between like talking about actual Satanists that are just like atheists trolling them. And then just secularism, like, like yeah, it sounded Marvel, like Tho Bishop was basically, I, I'm right. a Satanist according to Tho Bishop, I think with what he was like, <laughs> what the fuck I, I was just gonna say it's funny because like it's not actually what hoppa believes either like I, I don't i don't really know why like this this i think it kind of like comes from like a reddit hoppian thing like it's like like the memes that you you find that that everyone it's the i read i i read like three paragraphs of hoppa on fucking twitter <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> it, but but i was they gonna say i want to read it just so i understand it better i haven't read any hoppa i get all my hoppa context from isn't the... his wife like not even it's not his wife isn't white she's some kind mean, of ethnic he's minority. an atheist too i believe right hoppa yeah. i think yeah Papa so. <laughs> would like us better than he'd like anyone calling themselves post libertarian. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. I haven't read a word of what he's wrote, but I'm pretty sure he'd like us. And There's we a... wouldn't get kicked out of the art their society or whatever. On the on the like uh swing to the right, I 
I don't know if you guys have heard that the Rothbard quote. Um, Scott Horton sent it to me uh, a while ago. It's like, um, I used to be considered left. Um, oh, yeah. And I used to be considered right, but I, I haven't changed. They've changed, essentially. Like, that's, hmm. that's the... Um, I, I butchered the quote, but everyone should try to find that article. It's it's amazing. And um, also another conversation I had with Scott Horton, um, he was just saying like the down, like the real danger that we we are seeing right now with wokeism and just with the the COVID lockdowns and everything like that is a hard reaction to the right because we yeah. know that the Republicans like I mean they're the ones with guns like they're the ones who I mean throughout history right wingers are the ones who react and end up being you know pretty damn bad like like and and it, that's the scary thing is like if we're, I, I really, we're comparable to the weimar republic right now yes like and we know what came, comes after the weimar republic so exactly and <laughs> yeah. and like i mean i mean i don't understand what trudeau thinks he like what what does he benefit from what he's doing right now like because how do you see in the long term that you maintain power i mean throughout all of history i think you they should be able to see that like when whenever the left cracks down like this there's a hard response to the right and it's never good but like, what just, if what if they want that like sometimes i wonder like are these people just trying to antagonize right wingers to yeah. to actually lash out so that they can justify look at how crazy these yeah. extremist right wing terrorists are and with why we need more authoritarianism yes. and more brainwashing in public schools and shit like so you know it's the trap of the right left paradigm you know like it's just it's a pendulum that's always swinging back and forth and we're never going to like focus on what you know, like the left would really like to have the class warfare discussion and we'd like to have the the state versus society discussion. But the right left paradigm always swings back and forth. And we're going to be talking about this culture war until, you know, humanity. fucking. Well, see, I'm, I'm going to pull a card out of, uh, again, Will's favorite person andrew from popular liberty here no act like i don't like the fella i've talked a little <laughs> shit just a little I shit know, his I tax know. policy is retarded but 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 um I, no but but i i actually he actually agree. i just do want to give a shout out to popular liberty that he is one of the post-libertarians that does point out that this is coming like he has said we might be living in a truly fascist dictatorship in a couple years at the Great things are going. He, he I'm, does agree I'm only with me on mean this, so. to him because he said he muted me on Twitter. And it <laughs> <laughs> but um, I actually agree with him sometimes, even though like I, I it's, it's a little bit of special pleading, but at the same time, I, I kind of do the special pleading self too, where it's like these reactionary right wingers to me are not actually right wingers. Cause like to right. me, like it's like, I think actual conservatism <laughs> being an actual right winger means like you don't you don't fall into this high time preference reactionary mindset instead it's like oh but, left but, going but what is desantis exactly see, exactly. see this, is, this is the thing with these people <laughs> not not you but with like they're like the progressives have won every battle for the last hundred years and the conservatives have lost everything and i'm like that's not true and they're like yes and i when i say progressive i mean like you know the warmongers and the central bankers and blah, blah. I'm like, Oh, okay. Well, if that's your definition, fine. And then they go like suck DeSantis's cock. And I'm like, 
According to your definition, he's a fucking progressive. DeSantis is just an an, an opportunist. Yeah. That's all he is. So if they're going to call like George Bush progressive, then guess who is a child of the war on terror, which is George Bush's baby, Ron DeSantis. Yeah. So like, Faux Bishop, let's let's throw down this uh, gauntlet. I watched it on Reed's interview with him. He says if Ron DeSantis wins as president and governs like George Bush, he will move to Peru. So I say we hold him to it. Like, <laughs> I don't want him to leave, though. It's going to fucking happen. <laughs> if war on terror just continues on, war on drugs, that motherfucker don't even believe in legalizing marijuana. And these guys act like we need to fucking sit here and listen to what he says. Just because he was slightly good on covid and just yeah, kind of dude, not even like completely good on covid just like a no, little he bit went better too far. Than most. <laughs> he's going against like he's using the state in a way that's inappropriate to combat like bear over correct correction i'm sorry like people there is the argument christy gnome was the best governor on covid because she didn't interfere at all it was just my governor do what they governor want to do. Kemp, he i hate the motherfucker but he did all right he didn't do yeah. anything terrible. I think Atlanta, like they had some some restrictions that he did not interfere with, but I never had to wear a mask or anything like that. And uh, he just didn't support. Uh, he didn't help Trump in the election when it counted. So he's not really their superstar, just like Ron DeSantis for some reason. Like he's going to save the fucking country. I, I don't know. What do you guys think about Ron DeSantis? I think he's a trap. Like this is, I think he might be the next Obama. Like yeah. the so, people were so sick of George Bush, and they didn't do any research on the history of how Obama was. But Obama was against the. He he was right on the most important issue of the time, which was the war in Iraq. He voted against the war in Iraq, just like. DeSantis was good on the most important issue of the time, the COVID lockdowns, but they ignore everything about him when it comes to free speech. They ignore everything about him when it comes to corporatism, when it comes to police, you know, given the police more power in the state of Florida. Um, And then he hasn't had a good history on foreign policy. I did find out he was kind of based on Syria. Like he didn't think we should be arming the rebels against Assad, which was you know, that's good. I'm glad he thought that, that is but, something. Um, he basically thinks we're not giving Israel enough. We're not hard enough on Iran. You know, I mean, he's just. <laughs> he, well, that takes right away from the Syrian position. then. Doesn't yeah, exactly. It? <laughs> it's just it would be a disaster. So, uh, well, I mean, my concern is like a lot of these people who support DeSantis are hyper localists and they, you know, like they always say, I mean, well, it's hard because like it's not a homogenous group, but like it, it is weird because you hear so many different arguments coming out of um, the libertarians who like the like DeSantis. But why wouldn't you want him to stay governor? Like I, I just don't understand yeah. that. Like I, as that, governor, I fine. Like yeah, yeah, he's just sort of a middle of the road governor in my opinion. Who is great on COVID comparatively to the rest of the country? So yeah, yeah. I mean, bad on a lot of other shit as governor, like drug legalization, police reform, all that kind of stuff, which every public, yeah, all that, <laughs> yeah. everything that, yeah. you know, us libertarians just need to kind of like put on the back burner and listen to these post libertarians, how smart they are as we, you know, 20 more years out. for the GOP to win Liberty guys. 
Yep. Exactly. <laughs> it'll work. It'll totally work this time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, because yep. I've I don't know if you guys have heard this argument, but I've I've um, heard from some libertarians that like the people like Scott who pay attention too much to foreign policy are living in the 2000s. Like we're way past this time. But it's like if if we if there is a hard reaction to the right, we will be living in that time again. Not that we've yeah. abandoned it. I mean, we are in seven countries officially, but like, <laughs> like and, and, dude, and these are the right wingers who two years ago were banging the war drums to go into Iran after we airstrike yeah. Soleimani. Like, I mean, you were actually one of them at the time, right? Or were you beyond that at that point? I was beyond it by the by the time they went to kill Soleimani. But okay, the, yeah. the first Liam's too young. Yeah, the first time that they they bombed Afghanistan and then used the Moab, I was still a supporter of Trump. But but that was kind yeah. of like the the catalyst that was like, wait, what am I doing? Yeah. So, but you realize like they're not anti-war at all. The Republicans yeah. like it just yeah. if it's if it's Trump ending Obama's stupid war, then they're like, okay, yeah, we should probably come home. But then if it's like, I mean, even when Biden pulled us out of Afghanistan. Like, yeah, this should have been done better. We should have left when we said we were going to leave so the Taliban wasn't overrunning Kabul while we're on our way out. But he still pulled us out, and all the criticism I saw was this was horrible. We should have stayed six months longer, and then we would have been able to contain things, or we should have just kept 10,000 troops there, which is fucking retarded because the whole point was we were going to leave. That was the deal we made with the Taliban. So if we left 10,000 troops there, you think the Taliban would have just been like, okay, well, there's 10,000 troops here, you know? Well, I think think the reason it was botched, like, I mean, mean, this is the more conspiratorial side of me, but like the the fact that it was botched almost, I mean, it it was almost like they wanted that reaction that they didn't want another president to risk ending a war. Yeah. Because we we shouldn't have stayed for another six months. We should have left by the time we were supposed to leave. I think it was May 1st the Doha yep. deal and and the Taliban had agreed not to kill any US soldiers up until that point and then they continued to follow the deal even though we extended our our deadline but that's what put us at risk because i mean they were going to start fighting and and they were giving us a grace a grace period to leave yeah. um so i mean that's the biggest problem i think that yeah. that we left late yeah 100% and then some fucking morons think the Taliban killed seven what was it 17 marines or whatever with that bomb it was like no that was isis isis and the taliban are not the same thing but nobody knows anything so anyways um, iraq and iran are the same thing right uh yeah they're part of saudi arabia (laughs) i hate them all i hate I hate Americans when they talk about foreign policy. Us, our country, we are. All I know is that we had to invade Iraq to stop Bin Laden. (laughs) (laughs) Even though he was in Pakistan. But um... (laughs) all right, guys. Well, that was another great stirring conversation as usual. Make sure you get Will Bell's Rabbit Eye Blueberry Wine. There is a link in the description to uh, go buy it. It's good stuff. I've downed a whole bottle during one of these once. Um, I have done it right now. Oh, perfect. And if you're not used to this stuff, you'll have to sit on the toilet for a while. But uh, (laughs) once you get used to it, it's good. So make sure you check that out. But uh, it's antioxidants. (laughs) Will, what's your what's your last word of the day for us? Mm, I just um, again, like our first my first statement, like earlier, like we just got to reject these this culture war. You know, we got to just embrace it. We're all libertarians. We all want less state intervention in our lives. 
whatever capacity that means. Doesn't matter what road we take here to get to it. You know, if it's through radical individualism or Christianity or atheism or whatever means, we're all sitting here agreeing that the, the state has too much control over our lives. And we got to embrace that and learn how we can can move forward, you know, and not fall for the trap that is the culture war. What you got for us, Liam? And drop your plugs, too. I, I think uh, libertarians just need to be, they need to be more humble, especially the the Christian libertarians. I think um, that that is the biggest problem. You're, you're turning off a lot of atheists by persecuting them. It's It's not, you're not helping christianity you're not you're not doing us any favors um the also read just keep up what you're doing i know you they really have attacked you and i've tried defending you on twitter when it happens but i've kind of been taking a hiatus because i'm in the thick of this semester and it's been it's been crazy um uh, and it, it was great to see you the other month even though we didn't do uh capitalist communion it was awesome to finally see you and then uh um you had some great guests like James Lindsay. And I would recommend if anyone hasn't seen that episode, it's great. I think that's the best episode you've had. Yeah. Thanks Liam. Uh, make sure you guys check out Liam's show and his Twitter account. They're both in the description. And yeah, we met each other in Montana when I was put out of service on the side of the road because the roads were too shitty and I almost crashed. Um, so that was kind of cool. What do you got for us? Uh, biblical atheism i like that someone yeah. someone called you that i thought that was hilarious i was like i, I was kind of saying that's sort of what i am almost like i take a right. lot of lessons out of the bible but you should make that your alt account yeah biblical <laughs> atheism uh um no i just i just I'll, i guess i'll echo what i the point i tried to make earlier which is just that like um you know we will not make society more christian by acting unchristian and um we don't overcome evil with evil we have to overcome evil with good so the the minute you try to you know some of these christians who are feeling persecuted it's like i mean you know i think i think a lot of them are spoiled like look at the bible look at look at the original progenitors of progenitors of our faith like they we're stoned to death. <laughs> like if the biggest thing you have to endure is that like, there's people who disagree with you and say mean things on the internet. Like you need to grow a thicker skin, man. You, 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 you just gotta like, there's some people who are suffering some real fucking shit in this, in this planet. I mean, you know, I mean, we haven't, we haven't done uh, Dave Smith and, and Scott Horton justice. We haven't dropped Yemen enough in this episode like dave and scott do like if i was doing a running count i think dave dropped yemen like 10 times in an hour on oh, the man. rogan podcast i still haven't but... listened to that yet i'm driving you to said... texas this weekend so there I'll, were Mulberts that were being pissy about that dave smith Seriously? said that in front of a million people and like I, like he needs to say it more exactly I mean, it's, it, you know what i mean it's like it'd be like imagine if you were like if you had social media during like the like the the Nazi Germany Holocaust, and like yeah. that wasn't what you were talking about. Anytime you got a chance to, yeah, be in front of a bunch of people. So yeah, I mean, so just to summarize quickly, uh, grow, grow thicker skin, uh, imitate Christ if you're going to make that your namesake, 
And, or just um, imitate him yeah. anyway, I would say. I, I yeah. don't think anyone can <laughs> yeah, really you're, disagree you're, with that. You're, you're good enough. Yeah, you're good doing it either way, but it's especially recommended if you're going to like label yourself as a follower of him. You might want to, you know, follow his example at least at least try to some of the time. So you can follow me uh, on Twitter at Biblical Anarchy. I do a podcast, although I'm on a bit of a hiatus right now because I'm just like, you know, uh, shoulder deep in Libertarian Party mud and shit right now but yeah but but come come march the pennsylvania convention will be over and i will go back into normal podcasting routine so uh if you want to check me out there it's daniel three biblical anarchy and it's on youtube odyssey and all major podcatchers and that's it for me thanks again for having me reed absolutely man uh monday night i'll have spike cohen on the show tuesday night scott horton and a few guys from the Utah Mises Caucus are going to come on, and we're going to be talking about defend the guard legislation and other Libertarian Party stuff in the state of Utah. And then Friday and Saturday, I will be doing a speech on Friday night for the Libertarian Party of Utah, and then introducing Scott Horton on Saturday. Um, if you go to my Twitter, I've been tweeting out the link where you can sign up for that. There's going to be a dinner on Friday night and then an event on Saturday uh, with Scott Horton here in Salt Lake City. So if you're around, make sure you check that out. And yeah, we'll end the stream there. Another good one, guys. Thanks for coming on and thank you everyone for watching.